Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Anyway, who are we? Yeah, oh, what's yeah. going on? Um, I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, <laughs> we have a very special fan pick. For you, brought to you from Ashton Salazar Kucher. <laughs> Ashton Salazar Kucher. <laughs> That's Ashton Kucher's middle name. We just never knew it. Salazar's Actually, a great name. Ashton was a very good selector for the specific topic. Mm. <laughs> it's oh, fitting. yeah. I didn't even Ash- think about that. Ton of ash. Ton of ashes. And we will get to it. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. No. Ashton wants to shout out their friend WM. Sure. Get it. I mean, the W is also Ooh. next well, to the E on know. the keyboard. So it could also be M and somebody could have could have been my fault. Could have so been. Shout a- out no to my emails. Ooh. I'm gonna check the email right Salazar now. Salazar Slytherin could have been oh, anyone's fault. No. Oh no. Uh uh oh. Spaghettio. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Do we have an answer? Question. Hold on. I'm just gonna. Hello, my lady. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Hey. We're just going to do a show. Look over here. It's a windmill. Yeah. Hello, my lady. Hello, my honey. Hello, the top of the house. It's probably fine. Jesus Christ. Let's just move on. I'll correct it if we need to correct it. All right. So shout out to Ashton. And And their friend. And their friend. Ashton has selected the topic of crematory crimes. Which is not an ice cream shop. No. But you will cream your jeans. (laughs) Lots of creams. Lots of creams. I had already done a drunk dive about. I know. And uh, that made me so mad because it was like the only other case in this category. So check out that drunk dive on Patreon. It's good. All of our video episodes. Nailed it. My detective work was correct. That was Ashton's typo originally. Just so you know. It's M. Thanks, M. (laughs) <laughs> so Ashton selected my case. Amanda, did you you had to find your own case? Oh yeah. <laughs> I did find one and it is something. All right. It's not super long, but it's she juicy. That is what he said. And we <laughs> should get to our wine crime <laughs> That's for crematory right, that crime. That is what she said, isn't it? <laughs> it's not super long, but it's she juicy. juicy. <laughs> That's what Good she Lord. said. Good Lord. Okay, That's yes. That's what he and she said. That's what they wine. said. So <laughs> I misunderstood the assignment when uh-huh. I picked the wine for this, which I did, I feel like, in... A state of 
I don't know, like disassociation from the world probably like two months ago. So for some reason, I just equated like crematorium crimes with like people obviously dying and then like being (laughs) scattered and like given back to the earth. Like, you know, sometimes you'll, like, throw people's ashes, like, yeah. into the ocean. Yeah. Or some get people do it. Right. Yeah. Or some people, like, l- literally my my dad and my grandma, like, they and my grandpa, that they just buried their ashes in a graveyard. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was into, like, the burial Soil. thing. Yeah. So I was just, I picked Restless Earth from Wink. And uh-huh. now I'm realizing that, like, that's sort of a dumb pairing. No, but this it wine works is also for really my good. case. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to go with it. This yeah. wine is we'll also, with it. it's really, really good. Remains that aren't deal- dealt with properly are Ooh. restless. That's true, and that happens in my case for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is an incredible selection. This is the Restless Earth Syrah. Mm. We have featured the Restless Earth Syrah and their Grenache before but this is a newer vintage this is their 2019 vintage i ordered this a while back it is currently unfortunately sold out but it will be back because they they rotate the restless earths mm-hmm. and these are like a signature wink wine and they are yeah. so good like as we record they might be sold out but like exactly very very popular this is a this it's 100% syrah it's not a blend it's a nice full bodied red wine it's Nice and dry, but it's like fruit forward. So it does still have a little bit of a sweet balance. It's not like aged in oak or anything. So it's not going to give you that like woody, mm-hmm. d- like vanilla kind of flavor to mm-hmm. it. It's you're going to get too like creamy. No, not too creamy. What you're going to get in this wine is like smoky bacon. Oh, uh, smoked side. Smoke me up. Right? Eucalyptus. This is maybe too close of a pairing. Maybe I nailed it. Didn't this realize is it. Erotic. Erotically <laughs> close. You're gonna get some pomegranate. You're gonna get some red cherry. It's just, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. This is a Paso Robles viticultural area, California red. She clocks in at fourteen point eight percent ABV. That's Honey, high. Please, high. damn. <laughs> get ready. I love it. So, yeah, Syrah just, like, thrives in – it's a heat-loving grape. So, like, the Paso Robles region of California is, like, a perfect place for these grapes to reach their full potential. It's so good. And this one, like I said, you're not – it's not aged in wood. It's aged in – it's not barrel-aged. It's stainless steel. Mm -hmm. So you're just going to get the purity of the grape. And it's going to knock your socks off. And she's a popper. So grab your nice – a nice cock. Nice pop wine key <laughs> from our online store at wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com. Mm-hmm. And I should have started this before. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm drinking a beer. Felt felt like oh, a beer day. What kind of beer oh, are you drinking? Yeah, just a blue moon. You oh, know? you saw me standing alone. <laughs> <laughs> what? That was so stupid. I know. I got a watermelon wake last. Right <gasps> You're here. going crazy today. And may I introduce my new girlfriend? Oh, we love her. Bobby Joe. Oh, Bobby Joe is uh, so for th- cute. For the folks that are just listening and not watching this video, what is Bobby Joe? Bobby Joe is a bobcat skull. Mm-hmm. She's been 
not bleached, so she has a natural tone. She's Ooh. a little bit yellow. She's lost her little front little teethers, as mm. most cats have those precious oh. little front teeths, just because you know she was a wild bobcat. She just those just kind of she was just chomping down on too much mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, went away. And just for anybody wondering, it's a, a friend of mine who collects naturally mm-hmm. deceased animals Death around in nature. Iowa. Mm-hmm. Among other things, but this this one happens to be naturally deceased, and yeah, she looks beautiful, and I love her. She's my new desk, my new desk item, and I love her, Bobby Joe. She's well, gorgeous. welcome to the wine coven, Bobby Joe. Shall we pop Bobby in Joe. honor of Bobby Joe? Oh yes, who once was of this earth and is now Restless. of your desk. She is of my desk. Here we go. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> Bobby, it was a really good that? pop, and then I just knocked <laughs> against my mic. microphone. <laughs> Oops. Well, nice, nice pop. pop. Oh, <laughs> nice pop. Cheers, my dears. Cheers, Cheers to Bobby Joel. Cheers to Bobby Joe. Cheers to your wine. Cheers to this topic. Cheers mm. to Ashton. Fruity and delicious. And M, not WM. <laughs> or whatever. Who cares? <laughs> W-M-N-A-N. <laughs> I'll sing it again. Because <laughs> I'm a woman. All right, Lucy, what, again, what is our background and maybe psych for crematory crimes? <laughs> There's no psych. There's no psych. We need to pick a topic that has psych at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah, it's been a while. We've- it's been a Hot men. Yeah. Well, actually, I incorporated a little bit of psych earlier. I came downstairs this morning, and Ray, my cat, had dumped over his entire bucket of dry cat food. There was dry cat food fucking everywhere. And he's just looking at me like, I have no remorse. I have no emotion, no remorse. And I was like, you're a fucking sociopath. I hate you. I love you, but I don't know how to handle you because you're clearly insane on a pathological level. It's a mess. Yeah. All cats and most toddlers are sociopaths. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, children mostly grow out of it. Cats don't. I would argue, though, that like, a lot of cats are able to like notice when Associate. they've done something wrong. But at the same time, it's sort of dangerous to like anthrop- anthropomorphize animals and like especially cats. But like whatever. That's for another episode. Here we go about crematoriums. Okay. <laughs> I Starting- could go on about cats. Ashes to ashes I really could go on. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> Everything so, is dust. Starting with cremation. So cremation is a method of final disposition of a dead body through burning or combustion. Alternative death rituals emphasize one method of disposal of a body. So it could be inhumation, which is burial. Okay. Okay. And I think that we we most often hear of this as like exhumation, like yeah, digging right. up of a body. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Exhuming. So this so is the inhumation. Opposite. That makes sense. Um Cremation, as we'll be thoroughly discussing. Turning us into cream. Yes. Got it. Yes. Making us into cheese or exposure. (laughs) So just Mm -hmm. like open air. Mm -hmm. Decomp. Decomp. Mm -hmm. So these have gone through periods of preference throughout history. A crematorium is where a dead body goes to get cremated 
as nouns, according to one source, and I'd argue that these are really interchangeable, but as nouns, the difference between crematorium and crematory is that a crematorium is a place where the bodies of dead people are cremated, while the crematory itself is the establishment or furnace that cremates the bodies. Oh. But I think in like Western like linguistics, they're really interchangeable. I so definitely we're just gonna... use them pretty interchangeably in my case. I, For our yeah. purposes, we're going to use them interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, crematorium is more fun to say, but also yeah. a weirder word that has like completely unrelated connotations in my brain. Mm-hmm. Like an yeah. emporium. Mm. Yes. Like a vomitorium. Yeah. Got like it. Like an auditorium. Right. Full it just seems vomit. like bigger and grander. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just a weird word. So I think I probably lean towards using crematory. Crematory. More often. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if any of the if, if any of my language moving forward perturbs you, you just let me know. I will, Mama. I'm not gonna yuck your crematorium <laughs> yum. Your crematory yum. Don't crematory yuck my yum. crematory yum. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I'm disgusted, and I yeah. love it. I Lucy, love it. We're moving. I on love it. Ish. I'm gonna put that on merch. <laughs> not to yuck your crematory yum. I'm disgusted. I hate it. I'm I definitely it. putting it on merch. Let's move on. Modern crematoria contain at least one cremator, also known known as a crematory retort or cremation chamber. So this is like the oven. Yes. Oh, okay. This is like the, I talk this is like about the section. Retorts in my case. Retorts, I hope you have a witty retort ready. Well, <laughs> I feel like a retort is like the oven itself. It's the it's, oven. It's the oven. A purpose-built furnace in some countries, a crematorium can also be a venue for open-air cremation. We'll get to the the cultural circumstances of cremation a little bit, but I know it's just like very, very vast. It varies widely among cultures and religions. Yeah. So I don't want to go – I'm not going to get too far into it, but I will acknowledge that that's like a, a very serious thing. Mm-hmm. In many countries, crematoria contain facilities for funeral ceremonies, such as a chapel. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, our good friend Jessica's funeral, yep. they had a crematorium, like, in the basement, I think. Yeah. Why didn't so, like, she, she, re- she was cremated, I believe, in the same facility, but we did have, like, a visitation and a funeral, whatever, in the chapel. My case is an all-encompassing facility like that. It's and I'm pretty sure... Shop. I'm pretty sure because my dad, my dad's remains were taken to the funeral home a block from their apartment. Mm-hmm. Very convenient. <laughs> and I'm pretty and it sure. they'll charge you like 600 bucks or something. The ambulance fee was $1,000 to go take a dead body a block. My mom no. like laughed in their face and refused to pay Your it. mom Good was like it. dusting off the little red wagon and yeah. they were like, <laughs> I'll do it my damn self. She had an Uber. She's like, you mean I have to cancel this Uber? Yeah. An Uber, loading my dad's corpse into an Uber would have been way cheaper. <laughs> she would have just had to pay the $5 minimum in the tip. It would have been that driver's easiest cab fare. I've done worse in an Uber, if I'm being honest. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that facility was also (laughs) that the cremation occurred on on premises. 
Well, I could be wrong. But. Of course, there are also laws about transporting dead bodies. Mine we does all both know this. In my case, so we'll kind of get to it. Okay. My case, well, it's just the crematory. Mm, and it's not like a funeral home. It's not a funeral home at all. And actually, that causes some problems. Ooh, we'll I love problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love problems too. But also like the state limits and like the what am I trying to think of? Like the like Regulations. the code, like the like the codes mm-hmm. for different funeral homes and crematoriums and whatever. So some crematoria also incorporate a columbarium, which is Colum? Co- like columbarium. Okay. Like okay. like Columbia, columbaria. Wow, which is a structure for the respectful and usually public storage of funerary urns holding cremated remains of the deceased. So there, mm. I have a couple of pictures on the drive mm. of... You know crema- I love a good crema- urn pic. Co- columbaria. Oh, these columbaria. are cool. Yeah, I like this. Wow, yeah, I've so, never seen that before. So a quick word about the columbaria. The term can also be used to mean the nesting boxes of pigeons. The word Columba means dove. So as you might be looking at, I have a picture on the drive, which will be on the blog, of a cave in Israel that is part of a series of large caves dug into soft rock with little holes all along the the walls. Yeah, it's cool. Very cool. Yeah. So there were several theories about their original use, whether it's for ritual burial for growing pigeons to be used for ritual sacrifice or for raising pigeons for fertilizer production. So it's not clear historically whether these areas with the little like tiny little holes and shelves were Mm -hmm. primarily for pigeons or for the internment of of, uh, cremations. Mm. Interesting. It kind of looks like the is it the wand shop in Harry oh, Potter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah All the yeah, little yeah. Alexanders. Yeah, lots of little totally. like shelves and pockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Okay, so back to cremation. This is from Encyclopedia Britannica. Quote: The practice of cremation on open fires was introduced to the Western world by the Greeks as early as 1000 BCE. So, before Christ, Christ. before Common Era. Before yes. Christ, even. Before Christ, <laughs> even. They seem to even. He for like another even. thousand, he couldn't even. Could I not even. I'm using that from now on. Before Christ, even. <laughs> they seem to have adopted cremation from some northern people. Pagans mm. as an imperative of war to ensure the soldiers slain in alien territory, a homeland funeral attended by family and fellow citizens. So they were oh. like, Oh, like to preserve. All, yeah, there's all these travel. fucking dead bodies. Like, how yeah. do we get them back to their families mm-hmm. and their homeland? Mm-hmm. You burn them, you put them in little boxes, and you take them home. Speaking Got of it. little boxes, Blanche is eating it a beer box right now behind me. Oh, I was like, what is that sound? He is so cute. He loves it. He loves to eat cardboard. More power to him. <laughs> so corpses were incinerated on the battlefield and then the ashes were gathered up and sent to the homeland for ceremonial entombment. That makes a lot mm. of sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a lot of history on this. It's It gets to be very clear. It's kind of wild. Cremation became so closely associated with valor and manly virtue. Hmm. 
ever heard of it. I love dashes of toxic masculinity in my cremation, honestly. <laughs> that is like, that completes the recipe. Exactly. Just a dash. Also associated with patriotism and military glory that it was regarded as the only fitting conclusion for an epic life. So this was like per the Greeks. Mm. Okay. So there's lots of cremation in ancient Greek literature. And here's a pretty little picture painted for us by Virgil's Enid, right? Enid? Mm. I think so. A-E-N-E-I-D. I I think it's Enid. Anus. Anus, about a war between the Latins and the Roman Trojans. Quote, this is from Encyclopedia Britannica, of course. Again, Virgil describes how during a 12-day truce declared so that both armies could cremate dead warriors, the Latins burned many without ritual or count and later heaped the bones together, covering them with a mound of earth. So, like, according to this account, Mm -hmm. the Latins just kind of, like, like piled all their their dead bones together, kind of burned them, kind of put some dirt over them, like whatever. They didn't really care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Romans, on the other hand, observed all the proprieties. They covered the pyre, the funeral pyre, Mm -hmm. with leaves and fronted it with cypresses. After it was set ablaze, troops shouted war cries, circled it, and cast trophies taken from the slain Latins into the fire. So it was wow. very much a, um, a big ass ceremony. It was An a event. Dis- it was a display. Yes, it was a it was a ceremony. Uh huh. Also, the you know trying to like dehumanize the enemy in this historical account, being like they didn't even give them proper funerals. Right. Oh yeah, the account yeah. was one thing, but um, if. I mean, I don't know how truthful this account like is like factually, but it does sort of well, we'll get to it. It yeah. it, it, it it talks about these cultural disparities between like cremation versus burial versus like whatever they're dead who gives a fuck, like mm-hmm. whatever. It's like culturally there's a big schism between all of these ways in which we honor mm-hmm. the sure. dead. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so back to the Romans. They poured the blood of animals onto the flames, and when the fires were quenched, washed the bones in wine and placed them in urns. So they were very ceremonial, very respectful of the uh, the actual remain, remains. For mm-hmm. me, that's a bit much. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is that a out bit there, much. Because I can see the wheels turning in both of your heads. <laughs> it's a bit much. Bit much. For me, Do not I need. actually prefer the Latin's way. Just put me in that pit and cover me with some dirt. Well, we'll kind of get back to like the warfare situation, but like mm-hmm. in warfare during this times, there were like hundreds and thousands of dead bodies. Like really? Just around. Just around. I mean, I get it. Like, you want to honor life, whatever. Oh, the infection of the water. We're not even Some Cecil Hotel shit. (laughs) This. Get a Brita filter. This, as far as they know, is just like uh, getting the souls up to heaven. Mm. They're not concerned with disease at this point. Right. This is too early. This is way too early. This is pre-COVID. This is pre. Yeah. They're just like, well, if we don't bury him, we'll just kind of like let him hang out. Like Mm. whatever. Whatever happens, happens. Right. Okay. So there were so many cremated soldiers that they built 
columbaria, so like the the places where you can store the ashes mm-hmm. as PO a, boxes. It, I was the, just gonna say it, it's, it's a exactly, USPS. It's a, a PO box of ashes. I right? love it. And they built those as a business model because the rental of those spaces brought in quite a bit of money. It's so literally like, a PO box. It's a PO box, but also like people. Okay, say like you know like. Chad from your high school football team went off to war and then he died and he came back and you're like, oh, we want to we want to honor Chad. We got to go to his little pocket of ashes in this in this uh, columbaria, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, 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 it's just a place for like the, the most famous villagers who like died valiantly. Their ashes mm-hmm. go to this place. This closet, a memorial this tomb. site. It's a memorial site. That makes sense. And then they, then that family has to like rent that space. So Dang. like you, back. as the owner of the columbaria, was like, okay, I'll I'm take bringing your money. this back. Yeah, <laughs> it works. Podcast won't last forever. Yeah, I'm we gotta, gotta diversify all my money. We gotta diversify columbaria. our assets. Yes, <laughs> it is the GameStop of death stock. I mean, get on it. Oh, we should GameStop some. Yes. Yes. Some crematoria. I hear you. You know what? I hear you. We should talk about this after the episode. Yeah. All right. Take it offline. Just take it offline. Can't give so, all, quote, away by, all of our secrets. Quote, by about 100 CE, however, cremations in the Roman Empire were stopped, perhaps because of the spread of Christianity. Oh. Although, cre- although cremation was not explicitly taboo among Christians, it was not encouraged by them because of pagan association and because of the concern that it might interfere with the promised resurrection of the body and its reunion with the soul. Mm. Oh, the most yeah. practical reason is that cremations were threatening to bring about serious wood shortages mm. since so much timber yeah, was being felled hot. for the pyres. Mm-hmm. Which so, can like, also lead to like destruction of the soil and more landslides. and Yeah. So I think on a religious note, they were just like, no, like you burn the body, you separate the body from the soul. And that's not how Jesus died and was resurrected. So like Jesus didn't do it that way. But also it takes so much fucking wood and so much heat to burn a body, which we will get to. Mm Yeah, It's just not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So like from from like the logical to the philosophical, blah, blah, blah. And the environmental, economic. It's just not working out that well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Because yeah, what if they had cremated Jesus before he was resurrected? Would have changed the whole religion. There would be no Christianity. There'd that's be no Easter. That's for darn tootin'. Yeah. So Christianity. Trying to cancel Wednesday Easter over here. Would be really different. Mm-hmm. Main takeaway here, Christianity and also Orthodox Judaism, body and soul are very tightly connected. Bound so that's together. What, that's, that's our main takeaway here. So moving on. The pagan Scandinavians favored cremation, believing that it helped free the spirit from the flesh and that it also kept the dead from harming the living. I like that. Which we'll no kind of zombies. get mm-hmm. Right? That's taking true. the zombie risk. These pagans' practices paralleled the Greek and Roman epic cremations. After the Icelandic conversion to Christianity around 1000 CE, Cremation was rare in Western Europe until the 19th century, except in emergencies. We'll get back to this. Uh, yeah, I during, want to know what those emergencies could well, be. Well, here we go. During well, an outbreak during an outbreak of the Black Death in 1656, mm. for example, 
The bodies of 60,000 victims were burned in Naples during a single week. Whoa. They had so many fucking corpses and they were riddled with disease. They had to burn them. Yeah. Yeah, They didn't literally didn't have enough people to bury them. Yes, and also we'll kind of get back to the miasma theory, which was a little bit about this time. But I think think at this point, it's just that they did not have enough room or time to bury them. Mm -hmm. And maybe they were connecting the dots of like people who buried these these diseased people were getting sick. Maybe Mm. not. Not sure. Mm -hmm. During the Middle Ages in parts of Europe, cremation was forbidden by law and even punishable by death if if combined with heathen rites. So yeah. this was still like a very religiously ex- controlled thing. exclusion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cremation was sometimes used by Catholic authorities as part of punishment for accused heretics, which included burning at the stake. So when we think about like the the... Not the Salem witch trials, of course, because no witches were burned in North America they at that were time. Hanged. But, mm-hmm, but in Europe, a lot of them were burned mm-hmm. at the request of the Catholic Church. Okay. In the mid 1800s in the West, many people were beginning to believe in the miasma theory, or as we said, or the bad air or night air that it was responsible for the spread of disease that rotting organic matter contributed to epidemics. So they're like try they're kind of catching on to like, yeah. I feel like how they're connecting some spread. dots. I know I've like, some dots here. Yeah, I we talk about how this is like so different from germ theory but like is it though? Like, no, it's, it's not. It's, yeah, it's it, they're on they're it's on a ba- track. it's a basic it's a basic really fundamental unscientific understanding of how disease is spread. Right. right. Some and like congrats you finally caught on. The air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like co- the, the bad death and like this decaying organic like if you hang out with a dead body yeah, that had died don't. from XYZ, you might get XYZ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably don't want to drink corpse water. Probably yeah. not. So this movement, along with new furnace technology and contact with Eastern cultures and secularism, really pushed for the return of cremation in the West. This is during the mid-1800s. Sir Charles William Siemens had developed developed his regenerative furnace in the 1850s, which operated at a high temperature by using regenerative preheating of fuel and air for combustion, science, blah, blah, blah. Basically, his a furnace was able- chemistry occurs. A chemistry occurs. Basically, his furnace was able to reach very high temperatures and allowed for efficient and practical cremation. Cool. So okay. before before then, it took a shitload of firewood, right. a shitload of time, a shitload of attention. People were just like, eh. They figured out how to like build a kiln. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Do well, it effectively. And, and in the 1850s, they're like- they had built kilns and furnaces for other types of production, like for right. like smelting lead and you know whatever. So yeah. they did. So, so his furnace actually was originally, I believe, meant to melt steel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they so had the, the technology. They augmented it to fit this purpose. Mm-hmm. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. I think he was for probably just technology. trying to create a furnace to get as high of heats, whether it was like. Melting steel or mm-hmm. or bodies, whatever. Yeah, it just happened to be mm-hmm. also really, really high heat for, can be very useful for a number of purposes. For a mm-hmm. number of purposes, 
Okay, so I don't want to gloss over this by any means, but I also can't, I don't want to get too into it because it's so lengthy. But in some countries, including India and Nepal, cremation in an open-air pyre is an ancient tradition. So they've been doing this shit this whole time. Forever, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in general, it is the wish of all devout Hindus to be incinerated in a town called Varanasi. Mm. So Varanasi is like one of the main cities that are really important to Hinduism. So the waterfront of that holy city is lined with concrete and marble slabs on which pyres are erected. So like there's a lot of, I don't know if funeral is the right word, but like death rituals, a lot of death rituals take place on the shores of the specific river in the specific town. The remains are then deposited into the Ganges River. In some Asiatic countries, cremation is available to only a favored few. So, for example, in Tibet, it is usually reserved for the high lamas. In Laos, it is for those who die, quote-unquote, fortunately, i.e. of natural causes at the end of a peaceful and prosperous life. So That's interesting that it's like stratified like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the way that your body upon death is disposed of or like, you know, processed mm-hmm. has a lot to do with it's it's supposed to be a reflection of how you lived your life. So hmm. The way, like the the way that your funeral kind of pans out, is extremely important to you as your like history as like a living person. Sure. Huh. Okay. So to no one's surprise at the NSA, I also googled how to cremate a body. Yeah. Yes. And we've most importantly, (laughs) your NSA agent is like, oh, she's probably writing her notes. At it again. I'm sure I have, like, a person posted to my, (laughs) like, shit to be like, oh, yeah, this bitch again. (laughs) So we've touched on these, a lot of these things before, but I will repeat some of the important parts because it's exciting and interesting. So first of all, God bless Caitlin Doty and her Ask a Mortician YouTube page. I love this bitch. I've read her books. She's incredible. Mm -hmm. So if you have any questions about cremation in particular because she started her career like in a crematory mm. and it's so fucking fascinating but mm. look her up caitlin doty d-o-d-o-u-g-h-t-y doty you gave, you gave me her book yeah i did so good so this is from one of her youtube videos so a lot of crematories require a body to be in a container when they're put into the oven just because mm-hmm. just so the the operator doesn't have to like handle like a like sliding a body into the oven. Uh-huh. Um, so usually these containers are like a cheap pine or a cardboard box, just like something, just like something, you know, cheap yeah. gift box. Before they put them in, they remove pacemakers, jewelry, or any artificial parts, like a like a fake leg or something, because of mm-hmm. course it's gonna melt. Pacemakers will explode mm-hmm. and it's but like very not, dangerous. Not a lot of dental orthodonture. And we will mm, get to and it. And you'll get to it. Oh, I will also <laughs> get to it. <laughs> I love that you interjected with that. So they will then put a little metal circular tag, like a pet ID tag, like a like a little dog collar thing mm-hmm. uh, in with the body just so they can make sure that they give you the, the right, right remains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, so we start in the primary chamber. This is like the big oven, the big pizza oven. So this heats up to between 1,800 and 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And I know we've talked about before how hot it takes to actually like burn body material. Right, right. It has to get really at home. It has to get really fucking hot. And also, if you're planning on like disposing of a body in your backyard, like in your fire pit. It's not going to get that. It's not going to work. You, no. you, you a, can't have rely to get it. on fire. You got to rely on water. Mm. Well, this is the reason why it took until the mid 1800s for somebody to develop a furnace mm-hmm. hot enough mm. to retain this high of heat for this long of time mm-hmm. because it takes to between. Be effective. It takes at least an hour, two hours, maybe more at these high of heats of temperatures Mm -hmm. to actually break down the body. So if you think you're going to get rid of a body like in your backyard, dream on. Stephen Avery. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, God. Leave Stephen out of this. (laughs) Don't want to get into Stephen. Don't email us. Okay, so the primary (sighs) chamber, this is where the body goes. Soft tissues incinerate and vaporize, reducing the body to brittle bones and ash. This takes one to two hours, as I said. And I'll give us now a breakdown of like 10-minute intervals. What happens? So in the first 10 minutes, the muscles, bones, and fat begin to char, sizzle, and shrink. If the body hasn't had a lot of time to decompose very much, um, then there might still be... I think it might be the lactic acid. Don't take my word on that. But like if if your body hasn't had that much time to decompose and go through that like rigor mortis, rigor mortis process, then your limbs might contract. Your hands might ball into fists. Your body might hunch forward like your head might go down. Hmm. Like you might just kind of ball up. And so as Caitlin addresses, I think there's a like a like a rumor that they like sit up inside the oven. They don't oh, sit they don't no, sit up. No, they no. just they, they just like they just no, like no, kind of no. ball they just kind of ball forward. Got it. Don't like it. No, nobody no. sits up. Don't worry about it. Do not like that. <laughs> no. Well no, don't worry because it's not a thing. Good. Because I don't like <laughs> it. I don't like it. <laughs> Around 20 minutes, soft tissue has been burned off around the face and the skull. Your cheeks might remain just because your cheeks are the fattest part of your face. My cheeks would remain. (laughs) Your your cheeks would remain. (laughs) I feel like your forehead might remain. My forehead. Your your eyebrows would remain. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your ribs are beginning to show, and also my favorite part, jets of liquid might begin to spray from your abdomen area. Good God. From tears in the cavity as the abdominal organs dehydrate and the liquids are aggressively evaporating. So like your your innards are so hot Mm -hmm. that all your liquids are they're steaming. They're gonna shoot out. Yeah. I yeah. don't know that I was prepared for this. And no, I was not. I, should I know have that been. I was not prepared. <laughs> because I know you and I know the topic. And so I'm prepared. Sh- and I for- want to be cremated, but this is like <laughs> alarming. I, oh, it, well, it gets worse. So if you got to tune out, go now. Pew, pew, pew. Okay. So after 30 minutes, the skull cap. She's getting too much joy out of yeah. this. It's very upsetting. 
it's the skullcap. <laughs> the the top of your skull, glee. the skullcap is beginning to come apart and loosen from the rest of your skull. So boiling liquid is sort of leaking out. You got a lot of juices in your head, honestly. You got all your sinuses, your eyeballs, everything in your ears, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of leaking out. Most bones in the rest of your body are beginning to show and your ribs are beginning to bend inward and outward. So like- I don't the- love the use of the your. Yeah, it's, it's close to home <laughs> when you're describing the body as though it could be either mine or Kenyon's. <laughs> could it just be the? <laughs> if that makes you feel better. If that it makes, does. If that makes the feel better, I can accommodate the- can confirm it does make the feel better. Okay, so Amanda. The, the ribs are bending inward and outward. They're kind of curling up, and your arms and your legs are most the arms and legs are mostly free of soft tissue. After 40 minutes, the skull cap is completely removed. Shot shot clear off, and the brain is blackened and spongy. Abdominal organs are exposed, shrunken, blackened, again, sponge-like because, of course, all of the moisture is taking out of them. So oh, it's of just, course. It's, it's, yep. just the, it's just the, the, the tissue of those organs. It's spongy, you know. The ribs are super curly now. Ribs are all fucked up. Your, the hands and the lower arms are basically gone after 50 minutes, the thighs are basically stumps. Your arms are mostly gone. Your The spinal column is basically separated and sort of coming apart. After 60 plus minutes, everything is pretty much ash, ash and bone fragment by now. But like it's kind of taking care of the rest of it. Depends on the size of the body. So it really is. It's like it's like a chicken breast when you're cooking a chicken breast and like the f- the thinner parts can get burnt while the inner part is, you know, still raw and, you know, like that. Yeah. then the fattest parts go last. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's logical. Yeah. <sighs> okay. It's fine. Your your cheeks will go last. The cheeks the- will go last. <laughs> <laughs> so the gases and particulates go into a secondary chamber where they are subjected to temperatures of around 1,700 degrees Fahrenheit where they like chill out, like settle down to reduce odor and smoke and emissions before they are released into the atmosphere, like up the chimney. So thank you, Secondary Chamber, for not exposing everybody in the neighborhood to like the smells and uh, emissions of all this this gas. gas. You are not ready for that particular jelly. No. After the process is finished, the bones and ash are allowed to cool before they are swept into basically a big cookie tray. Cremation leaves behind an average of 5.3 pounds, which is 2.4 kilograms, of remains known as ashes or cremains, as we covered, I feel, it earlier. Mm-hmm. A, ma- a, a big old magnet is run over the cremains to pick up any metal that it may that have made it through the process. So, like fillings or like a, I don't know a the clip pins piercing and put into your bones yeah, if you break a bone and you get the knee needles pins yeah. whatever stuff like sure. that sure okay then the cremains are dumped into what's called a cremulator it's like a big Vitamix to grind up 
uh, it into more of a recognizable ash substance and to get rid of any large trunk chunks. I have a picture of a so cremulator a on the drive. Yes. Well, it's a blender, but I don't know if it's like a masher. I think it mashes, but whatever. It's the same thing. Okay, moving on. There's been a rise in cremation in the West over the past few decades due in part to several factors, including people not hearing this segment yet. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) reduce. I'm not okay. No, yeah. you're fine. You're dead already. I, I mean, mean, at this I'm, point, I'm dead. When I'm dead, I don't care. But that was very alarming. Yeah. Like, especially because, like, my dad was cremated. Yeah, we've all had loved ones cremated. So now it's like, I could picture that process happening. It's not like they were alive. I know. It's, is this too disturbing for you? Should I have issued a trigger warning? Not too disturbing. It's just... I never put much thought into the actual process, and it's very bizarre. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. Are you okay? No. (laughs) Are you okay, though? But, like, not different from any other time I'm not okay. I'm just not, yeah, I'm just not okay in general. I'll be fine. I'm just not great. Great. Should I feel bad about this? No. No, 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 You're doing your job. It's just, for some reason... That was weird. It was ooh, it was it ishy. was intense. Yeah, it, it was, was intense. intense. It was intense. Okay, it's well, not your fault. You just described the process of cremation. I could I would have gotten as weirded out reading that on Wikipedia. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, yeah, you're good. I'm okay. sh- I'm shook. You're good. Well, mm-hmm. I apologize if I have disturbed you no. because I think everybody I mean, first listening. Of all, what else is new? Probably everybody listening has had a loved one cremated oh, at this for point. Sure. So yeah. I have Jessica's ashes right over there. Oh yeah. Oh, I got ashes all over there. my house. Mm-hmm. Scrambled eggs all over my face. <laughs> oh my god, my sex dream about Niles Crane was not <laughs> a joke. Not a joke. Lucy texted us this morning all about her sex dream with Niles Crane. It wasn't really a sex dream. It was just like we made out passionately. And then I was like, I have to go catch my flight. And he was like, I'll talk to you later. And I was like, nope, bye. But it was like a really, it was a really hot makeout sesh with Niles Crane. Get it. Hey, I mean, why not? Times are weird, people. His his love story with Daphne was like the thing that carried that show. So Don't talk to me about Daphne. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I just have a little bit more to get through. Uh, Okay, so rise in cremation. Here are a couple of factors. Number one, reduced religious affiliation. So less than 40% of Americans today choose a religious funeral. Mm-hmm. Another one could be growing environmental awareness. Many opt for cremation to reduce land usage, preserve natural resources like hardwood, and avoid chemicals associated with the embalming process. God bless. That would be my personal biggest factor. Well, I'm very among the biggest because I like the idea of scattering ashes, but the cremation process is quite alarming mm-hmm. you're and dead then, anyway i know but then i also you know with caring about history and genealogy i feel like having a gravestone is important you can have that with you cremation. can still have a gravestone with cremation yeah my dad yeah. grandma and my and grandpa are all in a plot 
Mm-hmm. Right. With a really nice gravestone. They just all fit better because they're and- in little jars. Because <laughs> and- their skull cap blasted and off. And their stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just sped up decomposition, honestly. Like, if you really want to think about it, research decomposition. I don't That's fucking way that. gnarlier than cremation, and I, know it's a I myth, think. But it like set me up for the fear with the shriveling and sitting up in the kiln. <laughs> like it was a lot. No, not sitting up, just hunching forward. Oh, okay. Thank you for that distinction. Oh. <laughs> Embalming really grosses me out too. Like I think what I would really prefer oh, is sick. like a pine like just like a shitty pine box, not like an actual coffin, just like the cheapest possible thing and no embalming and like oh the dumper, little pot where in they the like, ground. like plant a tree in you. Yeah. I want to do natural process. I want to do that thing that they just legalized in, I believe, Washington State, where they just put you in like a little, like a hot little box and they just like, uh, you're just like a biodegradable. Yeah, yeah. that would be cool. You're made into into soil. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I would like. That'd be cool. But also, like, none of these options are any less disgusting when you think about them. Like, I'm sorry that I broke down minute by minute the process of cremation on a human body but like they're all fucking gross you pulled back the veil like a crematorium pulling back the skin and exposing a skull cap exactly sue me anyway (laughs) last couple things so another reason why we might choose cremation it's Cheaper cremation is less expensive than a burial and still allows families to hold a traditional service. Mm. Also, it's more personalized, so you get more choice in storing or scattering the remains, offering meaningful options that better represent the deceased. You can throw it in the ocean over a pot of dolphins, but like, don't do that because dolphins have nothing to do with this. Lastly, you could have uh, more flexible timing. So burials typically require prompt attention. Yes. While cremation allows time for the family to gather if, let's say, they're spread out around the country, around the world. There's a pandemic. Right. There's a pandemic. And make final arrangements if the deceased did not Mm pre-plan. So basically, lots of pros, maybe a couple cons, depends on your religion or spiritual affiliation whatever mm-hmm. i i personally am a big proponent proponent of cremation just because of all of those reasons and also just because like i personally feel like when you're dead you're freaking done like oh yeah mm-hmm. who cares yeah i don't really care that much to me yeah so anyway that's all my right. segment i hope that was enlightening and not too disturbing for it you. it was as illuminating as a fire hot enough to Burn a body. Mm-hmm. Oh, 1,700 to 2,000 degrees Celsius. Oh, I mean, wow. <laughs> All right. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Yeah. Let's. So I used to go get manicures in the salon. It was it was nice and it looked good, but it was always really expensive. And yeah. then 2020 happened. No one was going to the salon. Mm-mm. 
So I started doing my own manicures, and when I first started, I was like, how does anybody do this? My fingers look like they've been painted by a five-year-old, and how am I supposed <laughs> to paint my right hand if I am right-handed? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. All of this changed when I ordered the Olive and June Manny System. It's mm-hmm. a DIY Manny pedicure system that gives you salon-perfect nails and lasts at least seven days. Like. At least. If you follow the steps, they yeah. can last an absurdly long time. I my, am obsessed. My pedicure that I did at home by myself, regular polish, not gel, lasted more than two weeks, chip-free. Yeah, on your feet. Yeah. So my favorite thing about the Olive and June Manny system is the poppy. Mm-hmm. It's this like rubber I'm holding mine right now because I Mm -hmm. have it at my desk and it's like this rubber handle that you can slip on over the top of your nail polish and Mm -hmm. it it just gives a little bit of weight it get it fills up your whole hand so you're not just trying to like daintily paint really like gingerly each finger and having it get perfect it's never really perfect then like you're shaky because maybe you had a little bit too much coffee no the poppy changes the game. It is mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. They also, the kit comes with nail clippers, and these nail clippers are like customized for Olive and June. I mm-hmm. never thought nail clippers could like make any dramatic improvements. Be revolutionary, but, apparently, but they can be. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so the polish is so stinking cute. Also, they have so many colors. I have hibiscus on right now. It's like a hot pink. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. And when I say they look like gel manis, they They look like gel manis. So it's my self-care moment. It's my me time and my nails turn out looking amazing for a fraction of the price of going to a salon, which honestly, I never need to go again. Mm -hmm. It's life changing. I, I just can't rave about this stuff enough. Like you need Olive and June in your life. Your new nail life is here. Get 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code GALS at oliveandjune.com. That's 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, at oliveandjune.com. We're done with expensive bad Mannies. This is the new us now, okay? So get used to it. Get used to it. How's your comforter looking these days? Is it looking a lot like you? Maybe a little lumpy, a little flat, a little deflated? Just not the same fluff and zest as it used to have? <laughs> yeah. A little, a little, yeah, a little crinkly, a little stanky. Yeah. Well, yeah, turns out working from home in bed all day, every day. It takes its toll. <laughs> so maybe, just maybe, it is time for a refresh. And you can get that refresh with Brooklinen. Mm-hmm. Brooklinen creates beautiful, high-quality bedding and home essentials, and they work directly with manufacturers to give you a fair price. So there's no middlemen, no markups. You get really high-quality stuff for a very good price. And their comforters come in lightweight, all-season, and ultra-warm, so it can suit every type of sleeper and lifestyle. Um, I have the all-season one, and then I think um, I might invest in the lightweight one as well as, you know, temps start to heat up, and I like to sleep with a window open in the summer, mm-hmm. you know? 
Um, there's even a weighted comforter option for stress relief, which is lovely. And they also offer a variety of materials, including an eco-friendly recycled down alternative if you're not into actual down. I love um, that. So they have both, which is great. And Brooklinen's comforters pair perfectly with their sheets, pillows, and duvet covers. I have all of the above. My whole bed is just Brooklinen'd out. And <laughs> it really is. It's my happy place. It's gorgeous. It's comfortable. Uh, very easy to, like, wash and maintain. I have the linen sheets. Just mm, perfection. And there's a reason that Brooklinen has over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting. Count me as one of those reviews. I adore Brooklinen. Ditto. So treat yourself to ultimate comfort with Brooklinen's Comforter Collection. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code GALS, that's G-A-L-S, to get $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, for $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100. One more time, that's brooklinen.com, promo code GALS. Treat your bedding. Treat it. So my case was selected by our fan picker, and it's a doozy, and I hadn't heard of it before, but... And it filled the first four pages of Google when you mm-hmm. researched this topic. Did it fill yeah. an average of 5.3 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> it blasted my skull clear open. <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor Amanda got stuck with a very tough to Google episode. Okay. <laughs> In the mid-1970s, a respected local businessman named Tommy Ray Marsh opened a crematorium in Noble, Georgia. How noble. Noble was, and still is, a small community in northwest Georgia, just south of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Ever heard of it? (laughs) Given its location, the crematorium served nearby communities in three states, Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama. Uh, A-L-A-B-A-M-A. (laughs) <laughs> Hence the company's name, Tri-State Crematory. Try-hard crematory. Got it. <laughs> and according to locals, everyone was glad to have the company in their community. They no longer needed to travel such long distances in order to obtain what one article termed corpse services. Mm. Okay. So, there you go. Tommy Marsh also owned a few other companies, including rental tents for events. <laughs> Why is that so funny? He's the crematory king. He's the tent king. What other king is he? Weddings. He's the core funerals. Funerals. Core graduation. He's the corpse service king. Whatever your body is going through, I am the king. Whatever your body is going through, major events. I have all open air funeral services covered. We've got births. We've got baptisms. We've got graduation. We've got weddings. We got funerals. We got, we got funerals. Tents with we flaps. got visitations. We got tents without. We flaps. got funerals. <laughs> well, he also was involved in vault construction, like uh, like doomsday prepper, like underground vault, or like a bank I vault, I or like I'm... gymnastic <laughs> vault. So I that's I literally wrote in my notes bank vaults question mark. Probably not pole vault, right? 
There vaults. are a lot of vaults. <laughs> vaults. They always seem very severe. I don't like a vault. He was a man with many vaults. Um, <laughs> he contained vaultitudes. <laughs> so, he without vaults cast the first stone. <laughs> so, Marsh, <laughs> Marsh had also run to be the county coroner. And while he did lose that race, it was a close one, and it came down to just a hundred vote difference. So he was well respected. Okay. And as far as we know, for the first twenty or so years of the business, while Tommy was in charge of things, the tri-state crematory ran smoothly. And like, all right, not so bad. Did what it was supposed to do, as far as we know. Congrats! So happy for you. But then, in the mid-1990s, Tommy's health began to decline very seriously, and he was still only in his late 60s. It was his 60s. It was his 60s, and he suffered a series of strokes and then later dementia and was just no longer able to manage the day-to-day operations of the business. I feel like anyone named Tommy shouldn't be dying of old age. Tommy? Tommy Isn't that like a... Young, young boy name. Tommy. T-Money. T-Money. Big T. He left the crematory in the, turns out, not at all capable hands of his adult son. Oh, my adult son. (laughs) He's going to take over the business. I don't know why this man from Alabama has this, like, Brooklyn grandmother accent, but it's my My, go-to. The adult son. (laughs) My adult son. By marriage. By marriage. (laughs) So this, as far as I know, was his adult son by birth. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> and his name is Ray Brent Marsh. So he went by Brent, but whatever. Marsh the Younger. Mm. So this is when the situation deteriorated. Mm, decomposes. Between taking over the reins in 1996 and when the first red flag popped up on law enforcement's radar, Uh Marsh the Younger had already serviced roughly 2,000 bodies. Ooh, that's a lot. Or almost 500 per year. Okay. It's a lot to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as I know, I don't think he had any employees. Business was booming he was on fire <laughs> i mean he ran the business he was into the ground burning up the competition <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my fucking god so fuck oh my god so then he went in down October, in a blaze of glory stop it he did, he did go out in a blaze of glory blaze of infamy <laughs> Amanda's so pleased with herself. I don't know that I've ever seen her make this face. (laughs) I just really like how well my puns land when Lucy's had at least two white claws. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's such a good audience. (laughs) You're on fire, girl. Your skull, gonna, your skull cap's blowing clean off. You're gonna off. blast my skull cap yeah. clean off. Uh, yeah, you're blowing her skull cap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> but then, 
October 2000. <laughs> a propane delivery truck driver. Exploded. Came, well, he came to make a fuel delivery to the property because oh, it takes a lot no. of fuel to run the incinerator. Mm. It does. It does. And <laughs> propane. <laughs> and propane accessories. It does. So the propane truck driver went to make a delivery to the property, and then later he made a ghastly accusation to law enforcement. Propane gas. Yep. (laughs) He told the... (laughs) He told... Oh, my God. We're so unprofessional. Really? He told the Walker County Sheriff's Department that, quote, on at least two occasions, he'd seen bodies strewn about the property. Wait, when making what? making propane delivery. My case is similar to this. Just, I think someone took notes. Like a, a, like a round. Stashed like around. She'll get to it. Alarmed, a deputy sheriff was sent out to poke around. (laughs) I don't know exactly how much time had elapsed between when the truck driver made the delivery, noticed the bodies, then made his report, and then the officer was sent to the property. So that process could have been a few hours. It could have been a few days, weeks. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But when the deputy sheriff got there, he said that he noticed nothing improper and then nothing more came of the report. Okay. But then a year later in November 2001, a regional office of the Environmental Protection Agency in Atlanta received an anonymous tip that human body parts had been discovered in the vicinity of the crematory. Just around. This prompted the sheriff's office to yet again conduct a, quote, routine check of the property But in retrospect, that search could not have been that thorough because, yet again, they claimed to find nothing unusual. (laughs) Then, just three months later, the EPA in Atlanta received yet another concerning tip. A person out walking their dog in the woods, in the woods like abutting the property, had chanced upon a human bone. Jackpot. That dog was like, this is the best day of my I'm such life. a good boy. I'm such a, I'm good, a good boy. boy. I'm a musical boy. It's me. I found it. Josie would be like, she'd like sniff it, lick no. it once, walk away. Uh-uh. What's, no. that? What's that TikTok video of the dogs? Like, oh, yeah, I'm such a good boy. Oh, I'm such a good boy. I'm such a good boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But like that his tail is, is wet, you know? No one? No. no. One? Okay. <laughs> no, but that sounds very accurate. That's a dog. I'll find it. But it's like its tail okay. is wagging to a point of like, oh, I'm such a good boy. I got found the bono. Who do I? Black to straight dog. So that's what's going through the dog's brain. Yeah. The human's brain Perfect. is like, what the fuck? Perfect. Isn't that the crematorium? Perfect. Oh, my God. So, do I still pick up the poop? Do I just try to get out of here fast enough? I I can't get the bag out of the thing. Like a shin, like a human shin. You can Mm -hmm. not, you can skip picking up the poop in that that day. I think in that one Just that one time. That's when it's okay. like, there's no rush at that point. Right. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Don't worry about it. 
Oh, you so, mean no rush on like Yeah, no, the there's bone. no rush to call the cops. It's like, oh, they're already dead. They're already dead. Like, well, we know. will get to it. So okay. this time, EPA agents decided to conduct their own investigation of the wooded area where the tip originated because this is the second time the EPA has gotten a tip. And the first time they sent it to the cops, the cops said they found nothing. Now the EPA is like, okay, we're going to fucking look into this ourselves. Yeah. You got just bones around. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck? So they send their own agents to the wooded area next to the crematorium. When they arrived on the scene, they discovered a human skull and additional human bones of scattered they nearby. Did. Oh, okay. <laughs> so at this point, the police were called back and their feet were held to the fire. Oh. <laughs> Shorty only, fire burning on the dance only floor. Only effective if it's like 1,800 degrees Celsius. <laughs> Fahrenheit. Okay. On February 15th, 2002, police returned to the Tri-State Crematory. This time, what they found would be more fitting for a horror movie than a family-run business in a sleepy rural community. The rural juror. <laughs> Investigators discovered piles of human corpses, <laughs> literal piles, all in various stages of decomposition littered around the property. Yep. The remains were both indoors and outdoors. Mm -hmm. There was no, like, rhyme or reason to where they'd been placed. Just strewn. Some were in a storage shed. Some were in various vaults. Because really he's a vault maker. He no made his own vaults. Of anyone's. Yeah. He made his own vault, but also never put anyone in that vault. It doesn't sound like they were like locked. It was just like, well, this is a place. He did. He did store corpses in the vaults. Yeah. Oh. So he did put people in there. This is no, really great. Oh. So here is a very dark quote from WickedHorror.com. Oh, my fa my Classic. most favorite publication. I mean, if you can't, it's wicked good. Wicked Horror. It's wicked good. It's wicked. It's just a very good quote. So, okay. Quote, coffins were haphazardly stacked in rooms, corpses lying in boxes that were disorganized with their fluids leaking onto the floor. <laughs> Some were in their Sunday best, while others were still in hospital gowns. No. Oh, so some were like actually maybe already had their visitation or yeah. something. That yeah. might be the worst part about this. And others were new to the facility oh. and still awaiting preparation. Oh, yeah. no. Oh. There was one body lying halfway inside the crematory oven, <gasps> another lying inside a coffin. What? Yet another draped across a wooden crate with the skeleton of a baby at its feet. No. 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 Just imagine like the most disorganized, like that house with the mannequins, but they're corpses. Oh my, this, uh, nope. I don't. I don't. It's really, it's like it's gross, but it's mostly just really fucking sad. Yeah. This is really sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I mean, from your mouth to our fucking podcast reviews. Well, <laughs> you know, 
mostly gross, but mostly sad. Yeah. I have very little capacity for like, yeah. Human emotion? Human emotion. Got it. I guess. But just like the nostalgia, like the like the ritual of that. But like, this is sad. This is really well. All of these awful. people are like waiting for the remains of their loved ones. In a lot of cases, too. Yeah, it's just like all yeah. sorts of. It's all so. It's it's everybody just like kind of crammed into one. Ooh, a lot of oh. disrespect of corpses. Dang, happening. complete disrespect. Oh, yeah. dang, just yeah. discarded, treated like you know. Spare car parts strewn right. around like a Ugh. you know backwoods yeah. property. Oh, it's that is that is sad. This is rough. This is a so, rough one. In total, welcome back, Kenyon. This there is she a rough is. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where you been, girl? Back to my roots, just like my actual hair that so desperately needs to be dyed. Yeah, your hair looks dark. I love it. In total, <laughs> three hundred and thirty-nine. <laughs> Uncremated bodies were discovered on the property that day. Good God. And you said in various states of like decomp too? Some were skeletons, some were more fresh. Oh my word. 339. That's a lot. Oh my God. It's a lot. That means whatever he's been doing, he's also been doing it for like a minute. Well, he's been in charge of He's been solely in charge of this crematory for six years. Okay. And like you said, they had been going through bodies real quick. Yeah. Like his numbers on paper, pretty good. Yeah. So So were his numbers skewed or was he just like? No, that's how many bodies had been been sent to him Mm -hmm. in those years. But that wasn't the number that were like. Found. Process is not the right word. Right. But no, like, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, 2,000 minus 339. Mm-hmm. That's too difficult. That's how many me. had presumably been cremated. Oh I don't God. think he had buried any of them. Yeah. But two, okay. or 339 uncremated bodies were found that day. Later, 226 of those 339 would be successfully identified using DNA testing. Uh, That's it? mm Mm-hmm. But the rest remain to this day unidentified. So over 100 were unidentified. They knew that they were from that potential pool of 2,000 bodies that had been sent. Oh, my God. These poor people. But they don't know. And then this is usually the case for individuals that maybe didn't have any living relatives that they were able to, like, contact to test against. So no one's going to claim them. They don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's According to my math, that's 113. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Even if oh. that's not the right number. And it's even a lot the of people, people that were given the you know remains supposedly of their loved ones, they don't know if they actually whose remains those are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh. So yeah. lots of victims. Lots and lots of victims. So still identifying the remains was only one part of the immense effort that went into processing such a vast and convoluted crime scene. Yeah. Because first they had to make sure that, you know, he wasn't like a serial killer. Right. Yeah. Because what what a perfect cover that could be. Right. And I don't think that that was ever seriously entertained, but like 
you know, they still have to do some due diligence. I want to rule to see it out. That movie. Mm-hmm. The serial killer who is a funeral home director with an on site crematory. I'm sure that that movie has been made I'm a lot. It. So it's just a really wild crime scene. So a federal disaster relief team had to be called in to help because it was akin to like a mass grave or like yeah. a mass death. With event. like varying levels of decomposition too. Right. And then a portable morgue was sent in from Maryland to properly store the remains during the interim during the investigation because they couldn't just leave them yeah. where they were strewn around so disrespected. So then they had to bring in another morgue and like a big ass fucking morgue yeah, for 339 hundreds bodies. of bodies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. So it was a big shit show effort. Unsurprisingly, Ray Brent Marsh was arrested on the spot when they got there. He would be charged with 787 counts of criminal activity, including abusing a corpse, fraud relating to promised burial services, theft by deception, fraud, and false statements. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was really difficult for prosecutors to even be able to like determine how many counts was appropriate to like give him. Right. Because right. there were so many. And like just the scale of it. And all. that's just what they found there. Like who knows if he was getting creative with other means of Dumping disposal. Sites. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how could this happen, you ask? So many crematoriums are subject to annual state inspections in order to maintain their operating license. Which and makes they should sense. Be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But due to a loophole in Georgia state law at the time that I'm assuming has been rectified since, but I don't know, because the tri-state crematory only dealt directly with funeral homes and not with the, like, the public. Yeah. So, like, an individual family wouldn't go to them. Yep. The family would go to the funeral home, and then the funeral home would subcontract out the cremation. Yep. And only the cremation. Mm-hmm. For some reason, this meant that there was a loophole and they didn't need a license in order to operate, and therefore they didn't have to be inspected. Wow. 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 As Borat would say. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, the families were given concrete dust no. instead of their loved ones' ashes. What? So, like later, a victim's family member, like they had the remains tested that they were given. And it was determined they were like not human ashes at all. It was it was concrete dust. That is horrifying. And I think some people were given human ashes, but again, you can't determine that you at that point you have no way to determine whose fucking ashes they were. Right. Well, if they're operating if they're operating in a way that you can't tell the difference between concrete dust and ashes, then who the fuck knows what you're getting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could be a mix of both. Who knows? Could depend on. When, you know, maybe in the beginning he was cremating people and by the end he'd lost it. We don't know. Ugh, that's really fucked. So initially. I'm um, listening. I just have to take a toy away from Albus because he's being really loud. Okay. So initially uh, Brent tried to blame the equipment, claiming that the crematory's oven, also known as a retort. Duh. For those <laughs> in the know. <laughs> Throwback. (laughs) 
So he he tried to claim that the crematory's oven had broken and that he'd essentially gotten behind in his work and that the bodies oh, began okay. to pile up. No. 400 bodies almost behind. Yeah, but also, like... No. So then you say, I'm sorry, I can't take on anymore. My oven is broken. I need to get it fixed. Right. Like a responsible fucking business owner. Mm-hmm. God. But this claim didn't stand up to scrutiny on a number of levels. The incinerator was tested, and, well, they did find, like, some shit was wrong with it. It was still in working order. Yeah. So, like, it could have been, it wasn't in tip-top shape, but it was working. Also, when other crematory operators were interviewed, they noted that even if the oven had completely broken down or malfunctioned, quote, most manufacturers have regular maintenance programs available, and also, like, it's a fucking business. Maintain your equipment. Yeah. That's like, the bare minimum. Yeah. If your what truck you breaks down, you gotta fix it. Yeah. I mean, not to be morbid, but also, like, I would think that the equipment in a crematorium or slash a funeral home would sort of operate the same way as, like, a restaurant. Like, it can't break down. If something breaks down, like, you get an operator back out to, like, fucking fix it Immediately. Soon. Like, right. immediately. Yeah. You can't operate with it broken yeah. down. It's, right. It's, Quote, it's not, it's not like a yeah. McDonald's shake machine. It can right. be broken right. for two months at a time. Right. It's you like, hear is- me, McDonald's. <laughs> but, like, they're always the fucking fuck broken down. Your soft serve machine is broken. But, like, when it comes the to, fuck a, it is. Like, a, yeah. like, a restaurant, you know, like, right. there are things that, right. like, there are people on call 24-7. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this led many to assume that Ray Brent Marsh might have just been, quote, lazy. That's why he'd failed to cremate the bodies. But this, too, is confusing because, you know, people pointed out, like, the amount of effort that it takes to drag a body around the property and, like, it's dump it way in various more, places. Yeah, then, yep, yep. Is more effort than yes. wheeling a body to the oven to be cremated. Yeah. And then sliding her in. Right? Yeah, yeah no. 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 Yeah. No, 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 no. So something else... Yeah, there's something going, going on, on upstairs. And it's, it's like not- a weird hoarders situation. Yes. But with and it's not- bods. It's not like my case that I did for the drunk dive, which was a great drunk dive, by the way. One mm-hmm. of the early ones. But <laughs> where they were like selling body parts or whatever. They mm-hmm. have like a financial interest in not cremating people. This right. Guy- weren't they like selling them for like medical research and stuff yeah. unregulated? And they were raking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This guy wasn't doing that. Yeah, so like, there's no profit to be made. No. Well, okay. The only profit to be made is that he was taking, probably taking on more bodies than he reasonably could process. I suppose. Because my guy... But then... But my then guy kind of does this, but he's... You a, invest in another oven. You invest, right. You yeah. get employees. You, you, or you stop taking on... If, if your business is cremation and you only have enough cremators or crematoriums to process a set number of bodies and like, what are That's you doing? Fixed. You're just, yeah. you're stockpiling your inventory. Yeah. Right. What are you going to do with it? Right. That doesn't make sense. If you don't have the ovens, if you don't have the. Right. Right. This is such a sick way to think of it, but like, actually. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is so, not a solid business model. It's not. <laughs> 
So even it's Nat. It's Nat. <laughs> even Marsh himself couldn't explain his own behavior. Pleading guilty in court, Marsh stated, quote, to those of you who may have come here today for answers, I cannot give you. You know Duh. what I feel like it is? Hmm. You know what you cannot give me? I know. You can't even give me a proper sentence. This guy, this is obviously, there's a mental health situation going on here, clearly. But the one thing that I can, I'm going to relate to this man for just one moment. Like major, major depression maybe where he just like. like, I can't, and then it's mounting up and mounting up and it it gets, it makes it so much worse. Shame. Yes. I think it just spiraled out of control way faster than he ever anticipated it would. I get it. Maybe the furnace, maybe the furnace did break and he was kind of in dire straits and couldn't get it repaired as quickly as he wanted, but he didn't want to halt business because the only way to afford to get it repaired was to continue to accept cremations right. cremation services and then he was it's one of those like just Hide. one more body and I'm gonna get it fixed yeah. and then it's right. gonna be okay it's and like I'll get caught it's a gambler up. it's a gambler yes. just one yes. more just one more just one more I'll, and it just I'll win it back escalating I feel yeah. like that had that has to be somewhere along yeah. the line of like how this got so out of control and there might be some guilt too because like he took on the business from his dad and yes. while his dad was running it it was working well and now was, yeah. they're in known charge. in the community they'd been like such a godsend to this yeah. area and his dad is really really sick and suffering from dementia and uh, that that is I like mean, I don't feel it's fucked I think up we, we I don't can think we get know it. enough I we don't think can, we know enough about right yeah we Ray can Brent get Marsh. it we can get it we can feel empathy but that does not mean that it doesn't absolve it does not absolve yeah. his fucking part in this whole thing because it's right. still really fucking fucked up and yeah really and also sad. we're speculating yeah. We are. He, that he yes. didn't give a shit and was sociopath. Yeah. It could be that. So let's not let him off the hook that easily. Because like, I'm not letting still, him off the hook. I'm just sad at the prospect fucked. of how that yeah. could have happened. Yeah, yeah. I can, just we made can, myself. We can be sad. empathetic, but we can still <laughs> hold him. We've accountable. all gotten behind in our work. Yeah, I just made. I just <laughs> get how he feels. I get it. Yeah, I feel it deeply. So if. Marsh hadn't agreed to the plea deal, he would have faced thousands of years in prison because, you know, it's yeah, like all a lifetime sentence of, for each victim. And yes, the, every, def, well, what is it, like defilement of a corpse or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it ooh, that's up. a lot of charges. Yeah. yeah. So instead, he pled out and he was sentenced to 12. 12 years? years? Oh, <laughs> 12 life sentences. 12 years. Yeah, no, 12 years. That's it. Wow. Which, again, almost, no, but it was a plea deal. So he didn't have to have, like, his mental health assessed to go to court because he (sighs) never had to. hmm. We will get to the assessments, but it was after the plea deal. So, yeah, for the deal, Mm -hmm. his mental health did not come into play. It was just to take this. It's the, Mm -hmm. okay. Because, like, I could get the 12 years the leniency of the sentence if a mental health assessment happened first. Mm-hmm. I feel and they were uh, like, no matter what. Uh, it's not great. Uh, Nothing. Uh, none of this is great. No. Uh, Nobody wins here. Uh, so during that time, so during, well, you know, while he's serving his sentence in 2007, his defense attorneys, one of whom is literally named, and you will not believe this, McCracken Poston. 
What? Yes. He goes by Ken. <laughs> well, of course he does. And of course you think, he does. Okay, he doesn't want to be bullied Kenneth, every day. Maybe Kendall, maybe Kenyon. Nope. McCracken. 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 Is he an octopus? Release the McCracken. No, he's like a grown-up preppy. Go on the drive and look at McCracken. McCracken Poston. He's the attorney. He only wears vineyard vines, mm-hmm. belts. Oh no! Oh, yeah. He's McCracken. He was also a up. state politician. Ooh. Anyway. Oh no, McCracken. No. So you're wearing promotional sunglasses. <laughs> a. Those were shot at you in a t-shirt cannon, yes. sir. You mm-hmm. caught those in Panama. You yeah. caught those at a city a baseball ship. game. Yes. Like a regional baseball game. Yeah. Ew. So he's one of the defense attorneys. Unleash the McCracken. Ish. And uh, <laughs> that's on his billboard. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you get a freebie. McCracken. You can have that one. Ish. Anything else I'm invoicing? So his cheeks will would remain after two <laughs> 20 minutes in a Aww. crematorium. I mean, same. He's got thick so, cheeks. He's got a lot mm-hmm, of cheeks. Mm-hmm. He looks happy. Oh my god, speaking of cheeks, on a recent episode of Affirmative Murder, one of the hosts, Alvin, just kept referring to old people like love making in the old folks' home as slapping cheeks. <laughs> and it was upsetting no! me so much. I was getting so upset that I had to like stop my car so I could pull over and text him and be like, you need to stop saying slapping cheeks. I, I can't like handle this. Alvin, keep it up. No. Ish. Well, all, all I did by complaining to him was compel him to do it more. Yeah, so you're welcome. <laughs> so, okay. So McCracken presented additional evidence attesting to Marsh's diminished capacity. Basically, they conducted physiological testing and that indicated that Marsh was a victim of mercury toxicity. <gasps> AKA Mad Hatter. Erethism or Mad Hatter's disease. Yeah. S-town. Fucking S-town. Oh, this makes so much more sense. I knew something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, and right. gee, what a, what a Shyamalan mo. Ooh, this is a Shyamalan. Mo for moment. Shamo. So, Mad Hatter's disease, a neurological (laughs) disorder, is so-called after the phenomenon of historical hat makers in England being exposed to high levels of mercury used during processing wool. (gasps) Wait, 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 wait. On the drive, I have a picture of a woolen, oh, what's it called? Woolen envelopes. And it's for cremation purposes. So this advertisement was from like 1889. Oh, yeah, I see it. For cremation woolen envelopes to wrap up the body to secure pure bone ashes. No wood coffin should be burned with the body. The process is painfully prolonged. If it is and the residuum instead of pure bone ash is a mixture of charcoal, nails, screws, and ashes. Wow. So basically, these woolen envelopes, it's not clear to me. It's like a sleeping me, bag. It's not clear to me whether these are like a woolen sleeping bag for the body as it goes into the oven or if it's to collect the ashes 
afterwards, but it sounds like from the advertisement that it goes in with the body and burns away. So you're getting the majority of just ashes of your loved one and not any of the parts that would construct the wooden box that wouldn't burn away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they talk about the nails and stuff. Yeah. So I think it's what they wrap them in when they. So the woolen envelopes, baby. Yeah. Get you some woolen envelopes. I didn't. That's a great point. I didn't even know about the woolen envelopes. I didn't bring it up during my part, but I saw that part and I dropped it on the drive. So here (laughs) we are. Matter woolen envelopes. It all circles back. (laughs) So the lawyers attributed the mercury not to woolen envelopes, but to human remains that contain mercury dental amalgam. Yep. Yeah. Mercury was definitely used in like medical grade shit before we had any clue mm-hmm. how dangerous so that toxic. could potentially be. Yeah. And as we learned from poison crimes, depending on the method of ingestion, right. depending on the, solid. The, the toxicity Versus like you, you vapor. can swallow liquid vapor. mercury and yes. be like okay, but like if it's a vapor or if it absor- it's absorbed into the skin, yeah, different story. O M G. They argued that the process of cremation, which can involve you know, which involves heating <laughs> until the mercury is released as a vapor, and then they argued, <laughs> they argued. That a, quote, faulty ventilation system exposed both Marsh and his father to toxic levels of mercury. The father and with the dementia! Yeah, the yes, and the dementia! dementia. Oh, <laughs> my God. OMG. Oh, <laughs> oh my, oh, God. My God. <laughs> don't know why we're making for those who are not Go watching the video we're making like a fish face <laughs> oh my i just God. noticed lucy doing it and i just got on board without question it's fine don't worry about it it's fine that is, sign up for patreon at any level to see this video it's that awful. is shocking <laughs> right i it's a this has been the most it's shocking fucking episode i have been s- Thoroughly shook during both of your fucking segments today. Can we just wrap this up? I clearly cannot handle this. I'm shamoed. I'm thoroughly shamoed. So, we've had two shamos in your in your seg. So anyway, okay. I'm not. Gonna if you give me up. another fucking shamo, I am walking <laughs> off set. No, I don't have any more shamos, but. I can't get into all of it, but like that was just the criminal trial. Then there was a ton of civil litigation. It's America, so like Duh. everybody is obviously gonna sue for damages. Everyone's a lawyer. <laughs> there was a class action lawsuit with seventeen hundred family members of victims. There were various mm. settlement amounts. Negotiations, you know, broke down and were agreed to. Then there was a second civil trial. At some point, like his homeowner's insurance covered some of the damages? Well, is he running, is he doing the business out of his, because people who like run a, well, I guess he doesn't run a funeral home though. Because there are people who like live on the premises of their. Yeah, the family funeral home, it's like a. It's a crematory. The the family's home property were the same property. So 
So yeah, that's how. Yeah. So, but I just can't. I just. I mean, insurance companies are. This makes me want to double check my policy to make sure. <laughs> no, apparently. I'm ga- I want this kind of <laughs> yeah. coverage. Do you hear They're me, like, travelers? We don't cover floods, but if you improperly dispose of if you three hundred and thirty nine bodies <laughs> in your dual home slash crematorium, <laughs> we got you yeah. covered. There's a policy so for that. So the insurance company paid out, I think, a total of, a policy for of $18 million to victims' families. Wow. Which, like, thank goodness, because it's not like this guy had the money to pay out millions There's to no victims. There's no way. So that's actually good that, you know, they got some compensation, but... It's a shitload, yeah. Yeah. So all the buildings on the Marsh property were raised, obviously, the land was given raises in raised as it flattened. flattened. Okay. Yeah. The land was given over in trust as a conservation easement and a supposed memorial site, although the general public doesn't have access to the land. So I don't really understand that. And then the county But wouldn't that be what the easement is for? The conservation easement? I don't it was a little confusing because the family still retains the title to the land. Right, but usually you can arrange an easement that expands access to the land or, like, makes a portion of that land usable to the public. I know, but I'm saying that public doesn't have access. Oh, weird. I don't know what an easement easement. means. I don't know. I guess. I think, basically, they were saying, like, there can never be another fucking crematory on this site. Mm. I thought an easement was like a slow relinquishing to the government. And maybe that's I'm sure it has multiple... Okay, whatever. Uses. Doesn't matter. But I have heard of like easement agreements in your property where it's like, say you live on a lake and that's private property, but you would be like blocking access to like a semi-public beach or like a neighborhood beach. Then there's like an easement on your property that allows people to walk through a certain portion of your property to like go to the beach or launch your boat or like whatever. So it might be a a partial agreement to the publication, like public... Right. Access of some, I think, some part. But of she's it. saying there's something going on that, where like, like something doesn't add it up. It just can't be used for other commercial purposes, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there's no way to know. Literally. The county was on the hook to pay for all kinds of hazardous environmental cleanup of the site. Mercury. Mercury, dead bodies, tons <sighs> of digging. Etc. Et cetera. Um, the case was a huge sensation in the press. It inspired many fictionalized TV retellings, including episodes of Law and Order and CSI Miami. Mm. Ray Brent Marsh served out his full 12 year sentence and was released from Central State Prison in Macon, Georgia, in June 2016. So he's a free man. Mm-hmm. Tommy Marsh, the father, passed away in 2003. So he was alive when this story broke. Hopefully, he wasn't able to really understand kind of right like what was going going on on. and what his son had done and is there even treatment like for what for this mercury i don't think so madness i think it does permanent cognitive damage it's such an old it's such an old timey like it's not a common thing nowadays No. no i'm sure they would treat it as something that falls under the umbrella of you oh know, God. I mean, like, you think about how else, like but. not that long ago, kids would like break open thermometers that like the mercury thermometers the mercury. and like play with. I just shit like that. I like I mm-hmm. can't. So that's how my 
how did this work? My dad's for so my dad's wedding rings have been cursed. <laughs> there have been like three different instances of like his wedding rings being like fucked. And the first one, they were dealing with mercury and he had gloves on, but like a little bead of mercury went down and, and touched his gold wedding ring. And I forgot, I think mercury, there was like with, a reaction. mercury with gold, I think it just like blanched it somehow. Like it wasn't poisonous to him, but it fucked like up fucked the up the gold or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not something mercury to be fucked is with. fucking wild. I also remember when I was young, I had a, a thermometer with mercury in the middle and it broke. Mm-hmm. That my, explains it. It broke in it that in, in our back mudroom. Yeah. You guys know where I'm talking the about. And it was room. like. We've all been exposed. And it was. Uh, I don't want to sound like weird about this, but like my mom was like, oh, yeah, just take these spoons. You could like play with this mercury, this ball of mercury. Like mercury is, that's wh- as that's a substance what I just is actually said. kind of it's kind of cool. <laughs> I just talked about. I didn't touch how it. How insane that is! It is insane. I touched mercury with a spoon. I once. have to go. Remember that time you rode in that random truck down to see your grandma? Oh, it was like a dozen times. It wasn't a random truck. <laughs> okay. It was Ron. He was a truck driver. Okay, anyway, so back to this case. I'm still alive. Just to put a face to the names (laughs) of some of these victims, I wanted us to take a moment to think about it. So go to the drive, and there is a photo of one of the probable victims, Doris May Tierney. Look at how cute. She's she's just a little (laughs) bubby. She's somebody's bubby. She's so precious. Doris. Her oh. little, uh, how she curled her little bangs. I, I love her hair. I know. Doris oh, May Tierney. So her body was never identified, so they don't they don't know if. She was one of where the family, they had the ashes tested, and it was concrete dust. And then her mm. body wasn't identified from the 339, so they just don't know what happened. Oh. Well, rest in peace. Doris. And then I have two quotes from two other victims' family members, just so we can focus on the victims here. Quote, my father was cremated there in parentheses, we hope. Oh, God. His remains. (laughs) Let's assume. No, like the writer wrote that, not me. Wrote this. No, I know. Let's (laughs) assume. His remains were never found on the property, and we have human cremains tested after retrieving them from his grave and having them analyzed by the GBI. There is no way to know whether they are actually my father, but by faith, we believe they are. And so we reinterred them to his grave. And still, I say he has served his time. It is now time for all of us, including him, meaning Ray Brent Marsh, to get on with our lives. Forgive him and those that have done us wrong. Don't remain bitter, yet find the happiness that is there for us, if only we can seek it. So that was a family member, Jay Westmoreland. And that's, that's his nice. his like opinion. That. And then other people have other opinions and feel like he didn't serve long mm-hmm. enough. And so this is a another survivor, Jessica Norman. He returned my step-grandmother in her urn as soil and silver coat buttons. She was to be cremated in a hospital gown. Mm. So like they were returned remains with buttons in them that didn't belong to her. It's like that should have been sifted out anyway. Mm-hmm. God. So So she was just a pile of decay on top of another loved one's decayed matter. 
No matter what he does now and how great he seems, their evil is hiding in there. Evil doesn't just go away. He should be spending his life in prison. So I, I feel for both, you know. I do too. Yeah, it'd be really hard to get over something yeah. like that. I just think that there has to be so much like mental health right. shit going on right. here. Well, and like the importance of closure in any mm-hmm. sort of relationship, like I think us as living would be like closure with an ex-boyfriend or whatever. It's like that's enough. But like especially closure with a a, a person you love. Right. Like, There's Jesus. so little closure as it is in grief. Right. Yeah. That then to be re-traumatized by something like this would be so horrible yeah. just horrible mm-hmm. i can't even right. imagine it so i I, oh. feel, I i i feel for all of those people of I, course yeah i think that like grieving for a loved one takes a lot of forms a lot of people grieve in every different way imaginable but like Ugh. god yeah i feel mercury's I, a bitch i feel very sorry mercury in retrograde mm-hmm. Mercury in the palms of one hands are a bit. <laughs> in the palms of babes. Of Lucy's hands. All right. Should we hear a quick word from our sponsors? Yes. Let's do it. Let's. Framebridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house or putting on pants, which you know is our kryptonite. so you can even add a gallery wall to your home office or send the perfect gift to loved ones from art prints and diplomas to the photos just sitting on your phone you can frame bridge just about anything and i have frame bridged just about everything in in my (laughs) home i have Frame bridged, uh, framed the wine and crime poster, fan art that we've gotten from people. My your ketuba, my ketuba from my wedding. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Like sports memorabilia from Zach's childhood. Every single wall in our house has a frame bridge piece, and the quality is just outstanding. They treat your items with such care. I can't speak highly enough of it. So. This is a reminder of how it works. You just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo, or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. And that packaging is really well designed, so it really keeps your items safe and secure. And you can... I would trust that packaging with, like, a newborn baby. With my life. Yes, absolutely. Um, (laughs) You can preview your item online in dozens of different frame styles and even gallery wall layouts, which is so helpful. Um, and you can choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. I love all of their frame styles. I think they have just like a very well curated number of styles. It's not too many options, but it's everything you could possibly want and all very, you know, aesthetically pleasing. The experts at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. And instead of the hundreds that you would pay at a framing store, their prices start at just $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code GALS. So get started today, frame your photos, or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code GALS, that's G-A-L-S, to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code GALS. One more time, framebridge.com, promo code GALS. Treat your walls. Treat them. So believe it or not, 
pre-2020, I used to attend in-person yoga classes. Mm -hmm. Granted, they were all slow flow, the very easiest ones, but I really liked being in like a classroom environment with an instructor, Mm -hmm. just kind of, it it adds to accountability to actually get these workouts done. Mm -hmm. So of course now there are at-home alternatives, but they're they're just not the same. And I've been looking for an experience that just kind of makes me feel like I'm I'm back in that class, moving to, with my favorite instructors to like fun music and just, just that feeling of being in a group and working out together, mm-hmm. really hard to replicate. But that's what led me to the Soul Cycle at home bike. Mm-hmm. So the Soul Soul Cycle at home bike converts your home into a Soul Cycle studio. The 21-inch touchscreen houses a revolutionary sound system that was specifically engineered for this bike. It is unique, it's one of a kind, and it plays SoulCycle's iconic playlists. I have done a SoulCycle class before, like in person. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the it's energy. Fun. It's, it's like going really to fun. the club. Yeah, duh club. Duh club. And you still leave sweaty, but you don't have to be wearing like heels the whole time, yeah. and you get a workout. Yeah. It's really fun. So with unlimited access to live and on-demand SoulCycle classes, you can clip in with your favorite instructors and be transported to the front row of the studio on your schedule. Very important. Your monthly membership also gives you unlimited access to the Equinox Plus app, where you can stream classes from other top-tier brands like Equinox, Rumble, TB12, Pure Yoga, yes, and Solid Core. You can get your SoulCycle at-home bike in just one to three weeks, and they have financing options available to make attaining goals achievable. So like I said, if you're like me and you need that accountability and that feeling of being in a class working out with a group, like, check this out. This might be straight up your alley. Mm-hmm. Get your SoulCycle at-home bike today by visiting mysoulcyclebike.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, and use promo code GALS to get a complimentary pair of at-home select cycling shoes with your purchase. That's mysoulcyclebike.com slash GALS, promo code GALS, to get a complimentary pair of cycling shoes with the purchase of your SoulCycle at-home bike. mysoulcyclebike.com slash GALS, promo code GALS, and treat your exercise. Treat it. You know what? It's a new year, fresh start. It's time to start with fresh bras Mm -hmm. because you know, if I say don't wear your bad bra, everybody has that bad bra in their drawer. And you know what? It's time to ditch it. Yeah. Life (laughs) is too short for the bad bra days. Life is too short. That's why we love third love bras. They have a perfect fit promise, which and they stand behind all their products. If you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days, and they offer more than 80 sizes. Every third love bra is made with signature memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a scratch-free band from cups double A through I, including half cups yes. high. Yes. And band sizes 30 through 48. So, like, you will find a bra that fits you and fits you well. Mm-hmm. And you've heard us talk about their Fit Finder quiz, but Third Love just launched the Fitting Room, which is a new and improved version of the quiz that we all know and love. And it's basically like a personal shopper for your boobs. It's amazing. Like, the quiz was great and it could help you focus on like size and breast shape and like 
current fit issues and stuff, but now you've got like a personal shopper actually helping you, a fit stylist available for a one-on-one chat to help you answer any questions you might have. And honestly, that makes all the difference because now it's, you know, comfortable. They have all different kinds of styles uh, from classic lace that actually feels soft. I hate like scratchy lace. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. To their number one rated 24-7 classic t-shirt bra. You can check out all of their exclusive styles at thirdlove.com. And uh, from the brand known for the most comfortable bras, now introducing the much-anticipated lounge by Third Love. Thank you. I love lounging. Lounging is my favorite thing to do in life. And now you can feel kind of like, you know, held in and comfortable while you're lounging. And these bras are designed in luxe, easy-to-wear, mix-and-match styles, and it becomes your unofficial uniform for anything you feel like doing, namely lounging. Oh, yeah. So Third Love knows your one true fit is out there. So right now they are offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. One more time, that's thirdlove.com slash gals for 20% off today and treat your boobies. Treat them. Are we ready for my case? I don't know. How yes. many shamos you got? I don't have mm, <laughs> I don't have that many shamos, okay. but it there are similarities mm-hmm. here. Uh-oh. So prepare yourself okay. for cremation. This case also like was discovered slash this person was apprehended like days before COVID lockdowns began in the U.S., which means not a ton of information and the trial hasn't started slash completed yet Mm -hmm. because of COVID delays. So there will have to be follow-ups at a later date and my segment is not like super long as a result Mm -hmm. of that because I can't can't wrap it up. It's in progress. It's ongoing. Yeah. So when you're choosing cremation care services, you want the best for your loved one, but also it's fucking expensive as hell. Mm -hmm. It gets very expensive. So naturally, folks will be drawn to the services of a company like Affordable Cremation Care. What was was the place with the... Sounds like a bargain. Aptly named. Four Seasons. Four Seasons. (laughs) Total landscaping. Total landscaping. (laughs) I follow them on Facebook. It's so so good. good. So Affordable Cremation Care is located in, I I don't think I'm going to say this right, Klamath, Klamath Falls. My hands are feeling a little Klamath. Mm -hmm. You do the Klamath. In Oregon, it's China. (laughs) The owner, Max Badzin, you put your bod in the the cremator (laughs) was interviewed by Herald and News in July of 2017 right after their grand opening about the services he offers and he said in that interview quote I noticed a problem in the community people are paying a lot of money for cremations we're going to do that same service for a discounted price for about a third less of the cost The article continues to highlight how he became interested in providing financially accessible services after working in a funeral home in 2006. His business model boasted provision of services by being a one-man shop, handling all parts of funeral care, 
himself. Max that's does not, this. That's not something to be proud of. I know. By it's the not way. a life you can hang no. your hat on. No. <laughs> With the occasional help of part-time employees. He continued on to say, quote, I was truly inspired by how much the community appreciates the funeral director in the long run. Like, you're in this for clout, weirdo? At first, I thought my interest was going to be the embalming and the preparing of, of bodies my for funerals. My interest? Yeah. Because that's what he like, like was him. trained in. Oh, like you have no reason to like, like him, him, and you will continue to not like him. So settle it. I don't like him. I don't, I don't. He continued on to say, I love meeting with families and getting them through their hard times. He said, when I started meeting with the families, I found my true passion. He was qualified for this position. He's a 2014 graduate of Mount Hood Community College Funeral Service Education Program. Mm -hmm. He's a licensed embalmer. He's a funeral service practitioner. And he also completed like two apprenticeships or at least one with um, Eternal Hills Funeral Home. And then I think... Not another apprenticeship, but I think he managed another funeral home. So he like so he, has the training. Right. Okay. He's not he's just not, he's not inheriting a family business. Right. Yeah. He knows what to do. This is his career. And he, he wants to provide a service in an affordable way in his community. So like on okay. the surface, cool. So though he was trained to embalm, he focused on cremation, which at the time was a growing trend with cremations like Lucy mentioned earlier in her her segment it was up about 50 percent or it was at about 50 percent in like popularity of like mm -hmm. whether or not you're cremated or embalmed and buried and it was mm -hmm. continuing to rise steadily from what had been a mere four percent decades prior mm -hmm. so in, in over the course of like 50 years from mm -hmm. you know 27 2017 or whatever to yeah pretty common to it's kind of a you know it's a coin toss right. over whether or not folks are going to opt for cremation so cremation was also a cost-effective solution, which was fitting for affordable cremation care. The Quote, Affordable Care Act. Yes. The Obama cremation care. <laughs> Obama cremation. Um, the Affordable Care Death Act. So Max said, quote, our name says it all. First off, it's affordable. It's not what this community is used to with cremation. And we're going to take care of the people here. The families as well as the deceased. Well, that soundbite didn't exactly hold up. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. To keep affordable cremation care affordable, you gotta get creative. You gotta cut corner. Cut you corner. Cut coroners. <laughs> I'm dead. You gotta cut corners. Deceased. <laughs> wow. Incredible. I liked it. I liked it. I so liked it. on January 15th, 2020, when the county's medical examiner, John Doherty, called the Cl Klamath, the Clammy Falls Police Department to share concerns he had, mm -hmm. they got a little shock at his accusation. Quote, Mr. Doherty told me he was concerned that a local funeral home, affordable cremation care, was out of money and was storing bodies at the place of business because they were unable to dispose of them, mm. the reporting officer said. Uh -huh. Doherty was convinced that affordable cremation care was accepting money for cremation services from new clients, which, like, is the client the dead person or mm. the people making the arrangements? Whoever pays. Obviously, whoever's pays is the client. But couldn't actually... Highest bidder. <laughs> highest bidder. 
but couldn't mm-hmm. actually afford the cremation service, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. So they were stashing bodies and dodging questions from the families as to when they would get the remains back mm-hmm. of their loved ones. And also the death certificates that was included in the services they provided is usually get the remains and the death certificate back. Mm. The funeral director can like handle all of that for you. Mm. And they'd paid for this. So these families, they'd paid at minimum $1,000 for basic services. I think the most expensive cremation services he offered were like just under four grand, like $3,700. When I made arrangements for Unsinkable Helen, that was literally $5,000 for cremation and like the most basic box ever to get the remains back in. It's bonkers. So the families would wait weeks Mm -hmm. and never get the remains or the the death certificates back from affordable cremation care. When they would call to follow up, uh, Max would like make excuses and dodge questions, sometimes just not answer the phone. Yeah. And some folks became so fed up with the lack of service and like difficulty of getting answers that they hired another service to go get the body from ACC. By another and Max. service, you mean an Uber driver? But yes. <laughs> and and complete the cremation service elsewhere. Because they were like, you're clearly not fucking doing this. Yeah. It's taking like, way too long. Yeah, well, something's not right. So this we backlash certainly even sparked our breadsticks. Right. I've been <laughs> sitting here for weeks. Where is my cremation server? So this backlash certainly sparked the investigation into ACC's business practices. Witnesses began to come forward describing the situation in there, which was not great. Mm. Because other crematory services were taking over some of the family's arrangements, so they would have to go to ACC and pick up this body and Mm -hmm. go take care of it. So they they saw some off shit when they went to pick the bodies up. Several reported that there were at least five bodies in the on-site refrigeration system from the deceased awaiting cremation, which is not abnormal, but then there were at least four more on tables in the garage. This is just decomposing and emitting a strong, noticeable odor. No. So very like yours, various states of decomp, not enough room in the in the actual those like refrigerators that you slide the bodies in and out of. So they just stuck them on tables Tables. out in the garage. Yeah. I just wipe it down. In temperate Oregon. (laughs) I can't. The investigation discovered that ACC had bodies in various states of decomposition stored at the facility from as far back as September 30th, 2019. And again, they discovered this in January of 2020. So that's like several months oh, that these bodies oh. are sitting in these garages or in the or in refrigeration. Yeah. At that point, it would be really horrific and hard to even move it. Yeah. Yeah. Ick. So. From what I understand, ick, 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 and ish. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, it in like the limited information I have, affordable cremation care as a business did have on-site cremation capability, but at a low capacity. So they often served as a middleman agency that accepted the deceased, prepared death certificates, prepared bodies for cremation, but then delivered the bodies to other local crematoriums to actually perform the cremation. So they had just a small oven they needed yep. to contract out to the they bigger outsourced. oven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So families would pay ACC, and then ACC would have to pay the other companies who performed the cremations. So with this 
like suspicion of ACC not paying other crematoriums Mm -hmm. for services, the breadcrumbs were like getting really easy to follow because then other crematoriums were coming forward and like, they're like, yeah, they owe us. Spilling the beans, the corpse beans. So investigators interviewed other crematoriums in their network and confirmed that appointments would be made like corpse delivery would be arranged and expected. And then the appointments would be canceled last minute. Mm-hmm. And so when when Max canceled these appointments, which Max also like in a very weak attempt to explain away why he wasn't taking these bodies to be cremated where they could actually be cremated is that he was like, oh, my car got stolen in December, like my SUV or like my van or whatever that he uses. Did he have like a Which, gambling problem or like a drug? Like where was his we'll money get to going? It. We'll get to it. <laughs> so yes, he did report his vehicle stolen on December 2nd, but like there were bodies that had been there since September. Right. So like this is not why. Maybe it's why these most recent ones it's weren't like brought. A- Ponzi scheme. Yeah. And he can't, he just can't keep up. He can't up. keep up. Yep. That's exactly what's happening. Wow. So he would like tell these crematoriums when he would call in last minute cancel. He literally said like, well, I can't, I can't afford to pay for the service that's scheduled. So I have to cancel. Like they knew. So as wow. this got more and more out of control, like you said, the owner of affordable cremation care came under fire so, like, our man of the community, Max Bodson, mm-hmm. keeping Bods in his mm-hmm. garage. Mm-hmm. So, this is again from Herald and News. Quote, according to court documents, Officer Joseph Foreman identified the bodies and that one had been stored there since September without being cremated, despite the family having paid for the service. Payments range from just over $1,000 to just over $3,700. And in court documents, Bodson told Officer Foreman that he couldn't afford to cremate the bodies after the family's payments were used to pay the business's bills and his car was stolen in, in December. Mm-hmm. Several of those who paid Bodson for the services claimed that they had a difficult time reaching him as he wouldn't respond to texts or calls and his voicemail box was full. Yeah, he just couldn't keep up. He oh, ignored. my God. I'm like stressed out. Thinking of all the people that are hounding him and all the dead people that are mounting up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who has had, you know, like debt collectors calling. Oh, a thousand percent. Or like, you know, (laughs) unanswered emails piling Mm -hmm. up. It's, oh, it's so stressful. God. It's very stressful. Well. So the the Clam Bath County Detective Attorney Eve Costello, or District Attorney, excuse me, said that they've filed theft charges obviously because he's just taking money from these people theft charges stem from the lack of services provided for the money that families paid and then there are also abuse of corpse charges Mm -hmm. that involve the failure of Bodson to meet the state mortuary board guidelines of cremating a body within a certain time period because they're not embalmed and if you cannot properly store them I mean we've been over this right right so these charges are brought against him and police have to go Somebody come get her. Mm-hmm. They gotta go get her. Somebody come get her. And when her. officers go to arrest Bodson. She is dancing like a stripper. She's dancing like a stripper. They find him dancing like a stripper at a local bar called the Purple Parrot. Drowning his And sorrows. in a huge, yeah. And in a huge shock to literally no one, he was arrested with two baggies of meth on his person. And if you look at the drive at his mugshot, 
with how bulbous his head is yeah, and how scary his ears are. He's really scary. Yeah. If the I next saw, part, saw him, yar, I would yep. definitely cross the street. This guy is really Wait, scary. Wait, Bodzin? Yes. Oh, the bold. yeah. The his scary eyes. One. Ooh, yeah. Well, just look at that photo while I read the next part. Yeah. Also turns out that Bodson was a registered sex offender in Florida, but had not you don't registered. Say. Yeah, shot. <laughs> but not registered in or well, he had registered in Oregon, but not at his current address. Like the last place that he had registered was when he lived in Portland, and he hadn't lived in Portland for a while. So he was definitely breaking the law there. Okay. Which added out of compliance sex offender charges to the list. For him as well. In 1999, he was charged and convicted in Florida for, quote, lewd or lascivious conduct with a child under 16. Oh, okay. So, he's so just, there's just. So just the worst possible person. Person. Yep. Also, can we talk about how their tagline for affordable cremation care is guaranteed lowest cremation prices in the basin. In the basin. Yeah. The basin. Like well, probably that geographic like neighbor- area. Yeah, that area oh, where they God. live. But Ish. it is, the signage, not great. The building, eh. real spooky. Eh. Their sign has got to just be their business card blown up. A thousand percent, that's what it is. Mm. Like, without question. No so no this question. fucking meth-addled sex, sex offender. offender on the run. He's not even on the run. He just like fu- fucked. He fucking didn't register right. at his new address. But like, created yes, like out of compliance. Fucking Ponzi scheme of rotting Cremation corpses. services. Yeah. There's just something about a registered sex offender leaving Florida, setting up roots on the other side of the country and starting a janky funeral home that just tracks. Yeah, I don't know. It tracks. It just does. It all it all checks out. Yeah. Honestly. So he was arrested and charged with unlawful possession of methamphetamine, obviously out of compliance sex offender charges, five counts of theft in the first degree, two counts of theft in the second degree, and seven counts of abuse of a corpse in the second degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there were like nine corpses found on his property. I think they could only give him seven counts of abuse of the corpse because there were some that were like, it were being refrigerated and were more recent. Mm-hmm. So they like were technically in compliance, mm-hmm. but there's no way that he was going to have mm-hmm. them cremated. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he pled not guilty and was held on $100,000 bail. In March of 2020, he was released on his own recognizance. And the last article that I could find is that his trial was pushed back to February, 2020. COVID. So, like, these are the early days of COVID when they were like, two weeks will be fine. We'll get this under control. LOL. We'll get there. Stay home and stop the spread. Two weeks. (laughs) Two weeks. weeks. I know. You remember that? I remember being like, oh, my God, two weeks. I can bake holla. I can... Yeah. Oh, God. No. What a relief. Yeah. So I am setting a Google alert for Max Bodzin because I Mm want to know if anything else pops up and if there are any locals to clam bath falls that are listening and have an update like please at yeah. me because i want to know and i could not find 
anything concrete. Also, memorize this guy's face because if you he's see a him in the wild, menace to society. Go the other way. Yeah. All right. Run the other direction. Well, so that's my case. Well, well done. Good job. A lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. <laughs> Turns out no shamo and no mercury poisoning, but we can't all hit the jackpot on cases. Turns out, mm-hmm. you know, it, if you fall behind. It's really hard to catch back up. Confess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Confess. Ask for help. Stop accepting new bodies. Also, don't rape children. Also, don't do meth. Okay, so. Right. Special thanks. <laughs> this don't week. do meth is the lowest on that list. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're good. In no particular order, know. but we all know in the right so, order. In some particular order. <laughs> we all know the correct order. I didn't say it in order. So, anyway. Right. Don't rape children is kind of at the top. That's the first one. Got it. Indisputable. Okay, so special thanks this week to our fan picker, Ashton Salazar, and their friend, M. M. E.M. You two shook me to my very core. God damn it. Yeah. So Thank thanks, you so I much. guess. That was good. S- we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!